lot of people may think that, well, I, I get to know them. I know that uh, they may play football or may play in the band or sure. like art or something like that. But that is kind of superficial, too. Sure is. Mm -hmm. So I think they really need to take the time to really dig down in that. And uh, there's probably a lot of secondary teachers thinking, I have 150 students. I, I can't, I don't have enough time to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, I tell them, you don't have enough time not to do that. <laughs> The 100 Stop series created by hundreds and hundreds of authors. The 100 No-Nonsense book for teachers to stop doing certain things just came out in May. And other books are coming. The 100 No-Nonsense books for school leaders and parents and students written by students and school board members and politicians and even international schools. What are the things we can stop doing to still celebrate teaching and all be on the same page for education? Follow hashtag 100 Stop Series. We appreciate everything that you do and thank you for your service to kids. engagement, rigor, success. Here on Coaching You Through All Things Education podcast, we are building a legacy of success together. One episode at a time, each Tuesday at noon. As your host, Anne Labangana Clay of ANC Unlimited, we will unpack relevant topics in education together. And when I'm not podcasting, coaching, or consulting, stop by our website, acunlimited.org, for our new blog, Coaching You EDU, and a menu of services. If something resonates with you during this episode, message me on the podcast app of your choice or leave a comment on LinkedIn, our company Facebook page, or on Twitter. Our guests appreciate your feedback. Check out the story notes for our social media details. And certainly, if you have an episode suggestion, send it to coachingallthingsedu at gmail.com. Now let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 38 of Coaching You Through All Things Education Podcast. We are ecstatic today because we have with us Hal Roberts, and he is going to unpack a little bit about his portion or his chapter of the 100 Stop Series book, 100 no-nonsense things that all teachers should stop doing as well as he's going to tell us a little bit about himself and the work that he does so we're excited to have you welcome Hal. thank you i am uh, excited to be here and be a part of this this podcast series oh, great awesome well, we're happy to have you 
All right, we'll start off with wanting to, first of all, give you a hearty congratulations on your incredible journey to starting Safe Harbor Academy, a school for students of incarcerated parents. Wow-wee, Hal. Congratulations. Thank you. It's, uh, it's been a lot of work, but it's also pretty exciting to, oh, uh, to create uh, a new school where I think it's kind of unique and uh, I think is needed. Yes, yes. Indeed, there is a need. Can you share with our listening audience a little more about you and the work that you do and the mission of Safe Harbor Academy? Be glad to. Uh, I used to say that uh, I'm a retired uh, school superintendent after 38 years, uh, but now after going six years in retirement, I was approached to lead a team to create a school for incarcerated parents. And so uh, wow. I would say I'm in the middle of that, but we're in the tail end of it now since we're going to start school on August 16th. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so we're excited about that. And uh, so as a result of that, uh, done a lot of research on, on these kids and the adverse childhood experiences that they have had. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they, they will come to us with trauma and stress that uh, we will need to use a whole lot of social emotional learning, uh, a lot of love, mm-hmm. a lot of caring, and uh, be able to uh, reach those unique needs that they're going to bring with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. How, you know what, you are addressing a need that often, and as you know, um, even here on the East Coast, our schools don't necessarily address, right? There are a whole population of students that are hurting and are impacted by their circumstances that are out, definitely out of their control, right? Um, their parents are incarcerated or other, you know, their guardians um, are incarcerated and they have a whole different level of social emotional, as you mentioned, um, and possibly, possibly as a result, academic needs uh, because of maybe loss of time out of school or moving from home situation to home situation. So this is amazing and we, we appreciate your efforts. Well, one thing that's that I need to point out, uh, there may be a lot of educators thinking, well, this doesn't really apply to me. I know I don't have any kids that have parents that are incarcerated. However, they probably have kids that have had some emotional abuse or physical abuse in their homes. And that's just as stressful, stressful sure. just as much uh, traumatizing that those needs need to be addressed. So I would I would wager that uh, it affects probably 90 to 95% of all educators that, that these kids, that their kids, if they really drill down deep in their relationships with them, find yeah. out something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and you know what, and it's all about getting to know your students, right? Absolutely. You have to know more than just their name and, you know, what you can see in the classroom. You really need to dig deep. And you will definitely find, as you said, um, you know, that they have these needs as well. Thank you so much, Hal. Sure. All right. Let's get ready to unpack your chapter in 100. I know you're ready. (laughs) (laughs) 
in the 100 no-nonsense things that all teachers should stop doing, you wrote chapter three, Stop Telling Kids That They Can't Learn. Wow. Tell us a brief summary of your chapter and why you feel so passionate about it. Well, I think one thing that uh, they may not verbalize, teachers may not verbalize it, but they're probably thinking, well, bless his heart. He just he just probably can't learn. Oh. And uh, we need to remove that that thinking completely uh, because it was something that, that you said and maybe didn't even realize it, that uh, you said that uh, what they see, well, there's also the unseen that is so important. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's the, the relational, the emotional, the behavioral aspects. Absolutely. And also the neurology neurological aspects of the classroom that uh, teachers need to be aware of and be able to really reach all of their students all of the time and be able to get them engaged. And I think the the main thing that you touched on is the relational part of it, uh, building safe and healthy relationships with your students. And it like a lot of People may think that, well, I, I get to know them. I know that uh, they may play football or may play in the band or sure. like art or something like that. But that is kind of superficial, too. Sure is. Mm-hmm. So I think they really need to take the time to really dig down in that. And uh, there's probably a lot of secondary teachers thinking, I have 150 students. I, I can't, I don't have enough time to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell them, you don't have enough time not to do that. That's it. <laughs> Go ahead, Hal. Tell it. That's because it. Uh, mm-hmm. relationships open the brain for learning. That's right. And, uh, you know, I touched on that a little bit uh, in my chapter as well as in my book. And I think it's just really important that that you're going to start with relationships day one. Mm-hmm. I would even say forget rules and procedures and and that kind of thing, but start day one on getting to know your students and you'll be way ahead of the game in their learning uh, down the road. Yes, how you touched on so many things. Um, the, the unseen, right, uh, was one of the big things that I took away from that. In addition to that, you know, like you said, there are beginning of year first day you know procedures that people think about teachers think about all the time and you know the first and foremost is activities right that are or opportunities that provide for you as the educator to get to know your students um on every level and that takes time right so you have to start from day one that's right and uh i think i talked to you a little bit about this that uh they need to get to know the, the cultural roots of yeah. your students. Yes. Uh, just like uh, you and me discussing this, your cultural roots, you see through your lens. That's it. I see through my lens of a middle-aged white guy. Right. And, right. Uh, I can't see through the lens of a person of color, female, that mm-hmm. maybe was brought up in uh, low economic conditions. It's just completely different. Sure. Right. Absolutely. And, and their learning takes a different approach. So, right. uh, you know, just just scanning the room, you can tell you have people, uh, students of color, those that are not. Uh, it's just uh, something that that we need to, like I said at, 
at the beginning to drill down into the relationships part of their students. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then part of that is to, I know I'm going off on this side here a little bit because I like this last part that you're talking about. Is it almost like a lens that you need to have? You know, we think about rose colored glasses, let's use that as an example, right? Everything we see through our rose colored glasses is rosy, right? Is it a lens of appreciation and um, and respect for others, sort of? I think a you're glad, but I think it's also understanding, and also to be able to, you know, like I say, understand, knowing that that the lens that I look through mm -hmm. uh, is pretty narrow focused because that's just me. Sure. So, we need to widen that lens, I guess, if, if you could do that right. uh, by seeing color, seeing different cultures. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's so important because it's it's uh, it's kind of the software that the brain uses to learn, but that the lens <laughs> that they're looking through. Absolutely. Ooh, that's even better illustration. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, you mentioned, I'm getting into my next question. I wanted, you mentioned uh, your book and you might want to include this in this next question. So can you give our listening audience three takeaways or strategies um, that they can use in education or in life? Yeah, I think uh, one of the things is as you get to know your students with relationships, um, you can touch on what's relevant to them. Mm. And uh, relevancy begins with getting to know your students. But uh, I think what's what's important is one way to teach students is to be able to tell stories about what they're trying to to teach because that touches their emotions. And, and what I say is emotions is the gateway to learning mm. because That's it. Uh, things that you remember the, the most and the longest is through emotions, just like I, I said in my article, I bet you everyone here knows exactly the place they were on, on September 11th mm -hmm. uh, when the two planes crashed into the Twin Towers. Mm -hmm. I think you, you'll know what was going on, sure. where you were when you learned of that. That's because it touched your emotions at that time. So uh, does it have to be that impactful? No. But when you can touch kids' emotions, then that's when, when the brain really opens up for, for long-term memory. Yeah. And neuroscience supports that. So I think uh, that's a, a great way to do it, along with one of the things that, that I pointed out in my article, too, is, is mm. how we question kids. Mm. I use uh, Costa's level of thinking. Uh, you know, when, when my wife and I are going down the road and, and we think of something we we often say well that's a that's a level one question uh -huh, yeah. uh, so uh, <laughs> if, if you can get your kids to to think on all three levels of of thinking and uh, that's that's another great way to to get kids to think and learn mm -hmm. wow <laughs> so again i know you're blowing my mind here hal because you know they're all things that you know, everyone needs to be thinking about going into this next school year. A lot of people, unfortunately, are thinking backwards and thinking, you know, about um, 
new learning laws, learning opportunities, however people phrase it. Um, and really, we need to be thinking of ways to continue to boost and, and stimulate that learning. And like you said, whether it be starting with your emotions, right, that route towards learning or question, higher order questioning, um, those are things that we, we need to up our game, right? We, we're, we just came out of a pandemic, but we cannot, cannot uh, lay dormant, so to speak, um, or, or roll backwards in our thinking about how we um, are approaching this next year of learning. So thank you. Well, I think it's, it's really important to be intentional about our, our teaching, yes. uh, which takes planning, which takes work. Um, nobody ever said that, that teaching is easy, but it's worth it. Oh, indeed. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, when, when I talk about Costa's level, people may not be quite familiar with that, but the easiest way I can explain it is, is take the Wizard of Oz. And uh, level one question is, who were Dorothy's three companions? Ah, uh, okay. You can find that on Google. Google, Googling yes. a question is level one. That's it. Okay. And then, uh, and then level two is, is actually processing. And I say, how were Dorothy's friends similar or different? Mm. So, you mm. know, that takes a little bit more thinking, but probably can do that without, without too much thought. Okay. Level three is where you really get down to it, and that's evaluated. And, and I'll say, yes. now, which one of these three friends had the biggest need and why? Mm. So those are the three levels. And uh, you can see how even with something as familiar as most people are with The Wizard of Oz, right. they'll really have to think on that last one. Oh, of course. And students really don't like to think. What? But if you write the ask questions, uh, and, and get them to drill down into their brain. Uh, after a while, they'll start enjoying it, actually. Indeed. I was just getting ready to say, <laughs> I think it's the initial, you know, like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it. like you said, the brain naturally, you know, um, you know, starts going here and there and putting two and two together, you know, if you give it the opportunity. And, um, and that those level three questions definitely lead toward the evaluation evaluative to me <laughs> um is that what you said i'm sorry <laughs> you know, and and i think what you touched on how the brain works the brain actually is a, is what i call a lean mean seeking machine all right now it's, it's always seeking four things and and they all start with p oh and, uh, okay. hmm. they, they seek patterns yes they seek pleasure mm-hmm people or relationships okay. and the last thing to predict if you can include more than one of those in your lesson you're way ahead of the game wow okay so we know we've got our three p's <laughs> we've got our three levels of questioning that we need to practice right <laughs> um, with our students and everything should fall right into place right Oh, those are some great strategies. Thank you so much. We're going to finally wrap up here with our last question. It is trending on the show. Okay. Um, if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what legacy message would you print on it and why? 
this is actually something that I is kind of my uh, drive in my life. Yes. That's, I want to add value to the people's lives that I touch. Oh, yes. And, and if I can do that, if, if people say by knowing me that, and they may not use those particular words, add value, but I think it's understood what that means. Right. That, uh, then that's, that was my life worth living. That's awesome. Oh, my goodness. Well, I already know. <laughs> I already know from our short time together here and before this that you are and have added so much value on many levels, not just to educators, but obviously to the students that you've impacted and will continue to impact and their families. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a little ripple effect, I think, right? How it starts in the middle and, and it works its way way out so well well my my book is called make waves and i like to think <laughs> if once you make a ripple then you can begin to make waves in somebody's life too so that's it, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> yes so you're doing it how don't you worry <laughs> but i understand what you mean because if it's not impacting or adding value as you said to someone else's world then it's almost for you it's not you know worth doing so isn't that what we try to do with our students' lives? Is add value to them? That's and right. Just think of the impact if you have twenty kids or if you have one hundred and fifty kids. As you as you add value and as you say, each one of those have a ripple. Yes. Just think what what a change that that we can make in the world. Indeed, indeed. Wow. Oh, okay, Hal. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my goodness. We've learned so much. Our listening audience has so many nuggets that they're going to take with them and utilize tomorrow, some of them, and some of them in the coming uh, school year. So we want to thank you again for joining us today. It's my pleasure, and thank you for including me. Oh, indeed. Absolutely. My pleasure as well. Well, that concludes another episode of Coaching You Through All Things Education. As Confucius states, those people who develop the ability to continuously acquire new and better forms of knowledge that they can apply to their work and into their lives will be the movers and shakers in our society for the indefinite future. Again, you can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter, or you can also find us on our Facebook page, A&C Unlimited. As a reminder, for a free consultation in any area of education that you choose, for educators, administrators, or parents, please visit acunlimited.org. Until next time, stay stress-free and be well.